Hi, and welcome to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how to stand out, to navigate, and to break through this ever-changing industry. I'm your host, Bridget Height, and you can support this podcast by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on our website, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there hanging out, talking to industry leaders, and ready to empower you to grow your business. Now let's get on point. Today, we welcome Kirsten Petras, Director of Marketing and Partnerships at Oak Street Funding. Kirsten is also co-chair of 5050 Women on Boards, an organization dedicated to increasing diversity in corporate America. Today, Kirsten is going to share the value of inclusive leadership to help all business leaders embrace and encourage diversity in their organizations. Welcome to the show, Kirsten. Hey, Bridget. Good morning. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk today about leadership. So to start, could you describe your leadership style? So this is a great question, right? Because we live in our daily roles mm -hmm. on a moment by moment basis. And it's like, how do you describe it? Um, so, you know, if you look at the kind of defined leadership styles there are out there, I think my style probably falls in what's known as the visionary style. Mm. This is a style where you lead your team to the greater um, goal, the greater strategy. Right. Um, and then you are able to kind of communicate, clearly communicate to them how what they're contributing contributes to the greater goal of the organization. Okay. Um, you know, within all of that, you need to really uh, be able to motivate your team by getting to know them, understand what's um, important to them, um, get to understand where their strengths are, help them right. optimize their strengths to achieve their goals. But in the end, this visionary title is really about moving everyone forward towards the greater goal. So I guess if I had to truly define it in a way you kind of find out there in the mm -hmm. World Wide Web, that's possibly the way I would visionary. do it. Visionary. I like it. So what is an inclusive leader and how are they different from a traditional leader? Um, great question. So first of all, I want to realize that just merely having this conversation today ah. is a first step around building right. an inclusive mindset. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion as if these three things are just the same thing almost. Mm -hmm. uh, recognizing that they're three different level levers that are used at a, that can be used in a different way at any given time as you're as you're um, trying to take a little bit more modern approach to inclusivity. Um, and these conversations is a great thing. Now, in terms of me being a leader who tries to lead with inclusion in mind, right? I mean, it's a journey and I'm stumbling along the way like everybody else. <laughs> so um, I think one important aspect is to recognize that people are trying more than ever before. And that we need to give some yeah. grace as we make it uh, along this journey. But progress is happening at a rapid pace. So, so what does it mean in regards to a traditional leader? Um, I think traditional leadership does not have to be seen as non-inclusive. Right. Um, it's just not something where inclusivity was front and center as right. it is today. I, I've worked for an incredibly inclusive leader before. It just wasn't branded that way. Right. So now what we have is an opportunity to go from something where it's not front and center and, and part of the fabric in the design of the overall leadership of an organization and be mindful right. of, of 
making it part of how leadership is. It, it's not just one leader. It is the culture of our leadership to drive inclusivity of thought. And that comes from building a diverse, a room filled with diverse people. Right. And diversity can mean a number of things. It, I think our first thought of diversity is around people that look different um, or come from different backgrounds, but mm -hmm. you can have diversity of age, diversities of experience. So the differences between traditional leaders, if that's what we want to call them, and an inclusive leader mm -hmm. is more around um, intentionality right. of, of inclusivity being part of how you're going to lead your group. Great. Okay. Um, so what is the biggest challenge of inclusive leadership? Well, I think not knowing what it means. Yeah. I mean, that probably, probably. <laughs> so here, here at our organization and our parent company, First Financial Bank, we made it front and center conversation yeah. of what it means. And there's been a number of uh, conversations, programs, um, focus groups, because you got to kind of have a common definition. Right. So everybody's, as a, a mentor of mine would say, singing from the same hymnal, right? And so you got to know what it means. So you, again, as I mentioned, diversity, equity, inclusion are tossed together quite a bit. And that's yeah. fine. It's it's good. At least they're being spoken about. But if you think of diversity as making room at the table, mm -hmm. meaning you're already there and you're going to squeeze in tighter to get somebody else to fit, inclusion is probably better said that while you're setting the table, it is with bringing more people together in okay. mind. Or if you're setting the table for four people, maybe it's not the same four people you had had there. Okay. So inclusion is um, understanding what it means to you. And that's just going to take a little research, yeah. talking to some people. You know, there's a number of organizations out there that are helping leadership groups and organizations come to these conclusions so they know how to take action. Okay. Getting curious. Getting curious. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It does begin with curiosity and an interest in, in doing better through that curiosity. Great. That was a term that was brought to us by Sarah in another podcast. Yeah. So. Um, what are the benefits of inclusive leadership? I mean, in other words, where, where is the value of inclusive leadership? Well, sure. Um, Again, easy information to find out mm -hmm. there, mainly because it's so front and center in the conversation yeah. today. But there's an organization based out of Boston, Massachusetts named Linkage. And I have some of their stats here. Oh. Organizations with inclusive cultures are two times as likely to meet or exceed financial targets. Wow. Three times as likely to be high performing. And you have a lot of conversation coming out of COVID of having a high-performing team, high-performing mindset, um, engaged employees. Right. And this is a direct correlation between a, an inclusive culture within the organization and getting that high performance. They're one and a half times to be more creative and collaborative and innovative, as nice. I think I, in watching your, your podcast with Sarah, she mentions mm -hmm. about um, bringing more ideas together and yes. how you get greater numbers of ideas. And then actually, they can be faster in making decisions. So all good things, all great things. <laughs> and, you know, the, the stats of the benefits of diversity and the benefits of inclusion have been around for a while. The business yeah. case has been around for a while. It's the taking action mm -hmm. that has been delayed or not <laughs> optimized. Um, so I think where you see real progress in the last couple of years is taking action. A lot of companies have known this is important and they need to do it. But the the reality of the change has been slow slow to come. Now, in in the recent past, the last couple of years, the organization that I, I like to support and that I'm a part of a 50-50 women on boards, their primary focus 
is about getting more women and diversity in the corporate boardroom. And there have been state mandated um, requirements for this. Of course, that kind of helps get the traction behind it. Mm -hmm. But really, it's making the awareness happen, making the business case, creating the qualified talent pool. Um, And so an organization like 5050 Women on Boards is doing all of those things to be able to not only say you have to have more women in the boardroom, but rather let's get some qualified women in the boardroom. And there's qualified women and people of color and women of color. They're they're all over. Um, But connecting the two is important because historically, you hear people say you get your employment through networking. Mm -hmm. You certainly get on corporate boards through heavy networking. Well, if the groups that are networking are only networking with people that are just like them, it stays very, very homogenous. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, in terms of progress, this stat just came out this week. It's one of the key findings of women now hold 27.3% of the Russell 3000 corporate board seats. That's a 0.6 percentage point increase just from Q4 of 2021. Oh, wow. So the business case has been there and the action is now taking shape. Yeah. You said it was rapid recently. It's rapid. It's, great. it's happening quickly. So why is inclusive leadership so important? Well, I think we're pretty boring when you're just <laughs> yeah. with people just like you, yeah. right? Um, if you're just surrounded by people who only bring the same experiences mm-hmm only can say, yes, that's a good idea because they only can reflect on the same historical experiences. It's pretty flat and boring. Um, And to the stats of, you know, the organizations that are able to exceed financial targets, get more creative, innovative, and collaborative, and make decisions faster. With the businesses we work with, their primary focus is to grow. Yeah. And the other gap that they have is the need to find high-performing next-generation talent. And, and retaining so, them. And retaining that, them. That's a theme that we've had in this podcast a lot is like getting this diverse and inclusive group of people and then retaining and them. And then retaining them. So I'm fortunate enough to lead a team of people that are relatively new in their careers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as their leader, it's beneficial to me to open up my mind Absolutely. to what they're bringing to the conversation. Yeah. It's almost a reverse mentoring. <laughs> so having your own level of self-awareness. Yeah. Um, giving yourself permission that maybe you didn't do it before, but you're trying to do it now. Right. You don't have to hold on to your defensive choices of the past. Let that go. That's on you. That's not on them. Yeah. Don't put that on them. That's on you. Put that behind you. Start actively listening to what's being said. I have a real language barrier with my team sometimes. They love <laughs> to remind me that what I'm saying is really outdated at this point. And I don't even think I'm old, right? <laughs> nope. But, but I think they think I'm old. Um, but I, but I'm, I'm wanting to be better. Yeah. I'm not worried about defending how I used to do it. Yeah. And I think if you can kind of let that go mm-hmm. on a personal level – and be open. So in in your question of, of the overall benefits of it and yeah. why it's important, it'll bring new ideas. We wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for another idea, right? Yeah. Um, podcasts wouldn't exist if it wasn't for somebody else having an idea. Yeah. So, you know, you just are stuck if you're not thinking forward. And if you can't think of something forward, bring some people in the room that bring those ideas. 
great. Do you think that the younger generation is already inherently more aware? Of oh, I do. Yeah, I do. Me too. I, I have um, young children at home, but they're old enough to talk, right? Mm -hmm. But just even watching them and how they interact with their friends and yeah. their classmates, um, they correct me on certain things. They're already using a language that's different than the language that I use. Wow. It's certainly different than the language their grandparents use. Yes. And what I love seeing is they say grandparents get to love in a different way than parents do, right? They yes. just get to love so unconditionally. To watch my children and my my parents speak to each other uh -huh. and them educating my parents to certain things <laughs> um, and their willingness to just take it all in from their grandchildren. Oh, you know, I think it's a wonderful thing. So yeah, the next generation is already um, making this just part of who yeah. they are. Um, it will increasingly get better as exactly. years go by. Exactly. That's a very hopeful way to look at things. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And there, there's a generation of working people who are already doing this oh, too. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, so leaders who are working to be more inclusive may face opposition from others in the organization. So we talked a little bit about this. What what advice would you have for a leader faced with the negative biases of others? I guess going back to that visionary leadership style, mm -hmm. this is something that everyone may not see value in. If you are a leader, and this applies to not just this, but any topic, I suspect. Yeah. If you are passionate about it and you can make the case study for it and you can get that communicated to your team and they're still not bought in, it may be appropriate to have some conversations as to why not. Right. But, you know, there's also a, there's also room for decisions to be made because it is what is is good. People are fearful of what they don't know and you don't come out of school necessarily knowing all these things. Right. You don't come out of 20 and 30 years of work experience with this type of thought process uh, in your day to day. Mm -hmm. And so it's getting people comfortable adopting the idea that it's, it doesn't take a lot. And I, I think the mountain in front of people right now when it comes to this, because it is so front and center in the conversation is they're fearful because they don't know what it means. I hear a lot of yeah. things, not necessarily with our group. I think our group um, is great actually in terms of hearing different voices up and down the organization and and across genders and right. across all all spectrums of of people that can bring ideas um but you hear people say well I don't know how I would do this because um we don't have a problem or uh, yes. you know or <clears throat> this isn't for us our company's not big enough to worry about it but these <laughs> there, you know there's there's a number of reasons why people immediately kind of put up barriers sure. to it but in the, in the end, it, it can just be kind of a, a misunderstanding of how easy it is to move forward right. with it. So the leader has to clearly be able to communicate the vision. You can communicate the vision of the financial results you're trying to drive or communicate the vision of, uh, you know, the kind of culture you're trying to build. Mm -hmm. And you weave inclusivity into your culture. Right. This comes down to how do you motivate and align your team with the vision? Okay. So what would you say to the leader who is interested in becoming an inclusive leader but doesn't know exactly where to start? Oh, sure. Well, I think, again, people don't move forward because they just think it's this huge boulder yeah. you got to push up a hill. Mm -hmm. I mean, Harvard Business Review, McKinsey, 50-50 women on boards, Linkage. I mean, there's a number, the Faroque Group, there's a number of organizations that are putting information out there of, of small steps you can take. 
And I think you can take a small step. Yep. Get curious. Don't get too, don't be overwhelmed. Don't by be the overwhelmed entire, yeah. by it. Right. Take a small step. Put a plan together. Most people are building their businesses because they mm-hmm. have business plans. Put a little plan together. Yeah. Um, and then don't be shy to get help where you need help. There are, in naming all those organizations, several organizations that are providing information, data, training, training yeah. um, resources. And so if you want to fully adopt something, go and figure out how you can get it fully adopted and admit when maybe you can't do it alone. Right. Um, we have here at the bank done a great job over the last few years with some of our business resource groups, and they started relatively high level in terms of inclusivity. And now they're even getting more granular as as our organization is learning more about what makes up our company right. and in terms of backgrounds and, and differences. and But... Um, Baby steps. Yeah. Don't think you got to like change it overnight. So do you have one final inclusive leadership lesson for our listeners? <laughs> Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh-huh. I mean, we will. My team laughs at me on a regular <laughs> basis. Um, but I try not to take it personally, but I try to take it seriously. The fact that they feel comfortable enough to laugh at you in right. front of your face means they a do. lot. <laughs> They're laughing with me, but also at me. Yeah. Um, but don't be afraid to make mistakes. And I think taking one step forward is yeah. is important. Um, in the financial services world that we work in, there's actually more um, movement towards this than I think it's spoken about. You know, CPA firms years ago recognized the importance of keeping um, high-performing, talented women within their organizations with the with the choices they also end up making about starting families and you know, women often are the ones that are taking care of now, not just children, but also parents yep. and this balance of being able to do both and the value of keeping them in their um, companies at partner levels and, and high high levels while also giving them space to, mm-hmm. to be able to do these things goes to, you know, employee retention. The financial services wealth management space has a very, very active conversation going right now that I see on a regular basis. There are a couple of groups that are driving real change about the adoptability of inclusivity and diversity as it, as it comes to conferences and speakers. Representation matters. And there's some very powerful groups that are trying to lead a, a more um, goal of, of getting representation on the stage and getting representation out there. And that helps get the next generation of leaders to see that they can be a part of that world. And the insurance space has been, you know, for years driving the empowerment and the and uplifting, um, you know, getting away from what is stereotypically thought of as the insurance leader to a more diverse leadership and uh, and voices of of uh, power there as well. And so what that brings is an interest of the next generation right. to want to enter those spaces. And so you want both and, mm-hmm. and and it, as one of the kind of original or founders, you may not look like what your next generation will look like, but you can build a legacy and a continuation of your business by having diversity come in with the next generations of your right. employees. And then comes more diverse clientele, more diverse revenue streams start yep. coming in. And so it gets back to that business case. But the hesitation to take the step, I think, comes more from the fear of making a mistake. Uh, yeah. And so surrounding yourselves with people that can help you 
take small steps. Mm -hmm. So as the mistakes are made, because they will be, they're not catastrophic mistakes that want to derail the entire initiative. Um, this has been great. Thank you so much for giving us these great lessons for leaders today about inclusivity. Um, before we go, what is your favorite holiday movie? And and what does that say about you? Oh, my favorite holiday movie. <laughs> um, I think I have two answers for that. Okay. I have a holiday movie that might be known as a holiday movie, and that's Love Actually. Oh, yes. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. Um and then there's a movie we happen to watch as a family around the holidays, okay. and it's called Moonstruck. I love it. Which is Moonstruck. a wonderful movie about family oh, and, yep. you know, just generations, generations and traditions, love yeah. and all those things. So I love love actually around Christmas, and you can find it, you know, all the time. It's yeah. just joyful. Um, but Moonstruck is also, well, not a holiday movie, um, something my family tends to watch around the holidays. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Kirsten. It's been lovely having you here. And um, thank you for joining us on Point. Thank you, Bridget. <laughs> thank you all for listening to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how to stand out, navigate, and break through this ever-changing industry. I'm Bridget Height, and tune in next time wherever you listen to podcasts. See you then as we get On Point. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. To get in contact with someone at Oak Street Funding, please call 844-353-8022. That's 844-353-8022 to learn more.